Awesome date. January 5th, 2009. Nine. Nine. I, awesome topic. Um, more hot chicks blowing up robots. Except with philosophy and shit somewhere. And, like, also cracking the consciousness shell with their ghost. Yeah, this is the awesome cast. Welcome to the Awesome Cast. It's 2009, and since, well, I have to drive home, I, I can't celebrate by drinking. Therefore, I've improvised with beer pretz. It's, um, this, you know, you know the whole pretz thing, where it's like pretzels, but flavored, and you buy them in, you know, Japan and Korean crap. Apparently they have some that's beer flavored, and tastes nothing like beer. You know, I don't like pretzels, but I love me some tomato pretz like drugs. They're good. Uh, but they actually taste kind of like tomatoes. These in no way taste like beer at all. No, they taste no like no way like beer. They're kind of actually nice, and I hate beer. So that's... Uh, Peroni's good. Yeah, this is Kevin. I don't think we actually introduced ourselves. Oh, yeah, I'm Basil. I'm Lee. It's a me, Lee. <laughs> okay, I'm Lee. You, you can take your leaves and other stuff. <laughs> Alright, and that's us. What? So it's 2009. We were going to do like some best of 08s. Maybe we'll do it next week. We kind of wanted Eric here to do it as well as Douglas, but Eric's sort of been in the hospital off and on. He's okay. He's just been having some health you know, crises, and it's, it's all being worked out. So it's cool. So in the meantime, you're stuck with us again. Oh well. We have beer pretz. And you don't. Unless you do. Unless, yeah, unless you do. But I really would, rec- really would not recommend it. It's, <laughs> it's okay. It's kind of tasty, but it's not beer. Uh, no. You will not get your ass drunk off beer press. Well, That's true. probably not. You'd have to be kind of weird to do that. Yeah. So, we're planning on doing some more different segments, you know, in the course of the future of the year. But, we haven't really nailed any of those down yet, so you're stuck with the normal ones. And of course, by that we mean the world of awesome. So apparently, despite all, you know, the economic woes and everything shutting down, that's not going to stop Katakawa from launching yet another new type spinoff. In this case, it's Nyan type. Oh, sweet Jesus, no. It's about anime and and video game Bisojo, aka Pretty Go Characters, and will apparently ship in Japan around April. They're planning on publishing uh, ninety thousand of the copies, and they'll have um, hundred and seventy pages and a modified A4 paper size. I guess that's important and in some way relevant. 
to the magazines. Yeah. I wonder how big that is, if that's bigger or smaller than normal. We don't know. We know apparently it's going to have one serialized manga based off at least one announced popular franchise that has already been adapted into film. Hmm. And it's going to also launch a companion website for the latest news on Bisojo characters and mail order and a mail order service, which will offer goods decorated by the magazine's exclusive illustrations. Yeah, they uh, trace the roots to the uh, Bisojo fandom to the Bisojo game boom of Tokimeki Memorial and Two Heart. Oh, that's a great thing to base things on. Furthermore, they they say sister. They also list as rough things as Sister Princess and Nagima. And Melancholy of Hahi Suzumiya and uh, Magical Girl Lyrical Nanahana Strikers S. Okay, that's awesome. But and so is Haruhi. Bless that. Rest of that shit. Can go then to hell. they mention Kalad after Story and Strike Witches. Yeah, all that can go to hell. <laughs> only two of those shows are remotely good, and only one of them I've seen out of all the bunch I thought was good. Nanahana's awesome, but that's just I, my word. I mean to see it eventually. <laughs> but you know, they for a while. I mean, there's another one called Megumi. Magazine that's been doing this yeah. soldier stuff since the time. Nineteen ninety nine, and apparently they both will now because they include twenty pinup posters of you know girls. Well, so no. is yeah per issue. Holy shit! You mean you you wallpaper your wall fast? Well, if you ever look at you know pictures of nerds in Japan, it's what they do. Yeah. So why isn't it not called Desu type? <laughs> I have no clue. I know that apparently they're, they're uh, be shown in ones called New Type Romance. Mm. They also have New Type Alive, which shows like, you know, Common Rider and the Ranger series. Yes. Things I like. <laughs> and of course, they're also now going to be doing Macross Ace, which is going to be one, you know, entirely dedicated to Macross. Is there enough is material yes, for that? Say. Apparently, it's what they're doing. I don't know. Well, I mean, you know, you do have the new Macross movie, mm-hmm. Macross Frontier movie. They're about to have a big old party where they're going to celebrate the um, the crashing of the SDF one. Well, that's awesome. Or the launching of the SDF one, uh, whichever. It's soon. <laughs> you know, and it crashed. Yeah, it launches soon. It crashed back in. That's right. It crashed 99. back in. So now it's launching. They're actually going to have on the day of it. They're going to have a launch party where they like invite like people from Macross to like say, hey. We worked on Macross. And then the Zentradi will attack. It'll be glorious. It's true. In other news, a frustrated DS developer picks a bad time to lock himself in, in his room. An ambitious young lad of 25 years old, he's a developer named uh, Robert Pelioni, has had it, had it to hear with his frustrations with Nintendo, and he's widely publicized about it for the past few days. And by past few, I mean this is a new story I picked up on the 24th of December of last year, which was, you know, a week ago. <laughs> he apparently has claimed to spend over 15,000 hours making a 16-bit style top-down role-playing game and has locked himself in his room in a 100-day protest. He apparently is wanting to publicize about how Nintendo is apparently disinterested in uh, selling him an official DS development kit which he needs to actually finish the game and sell it officially. Um, the game also is also known as Bob's Game, so it's stalled and can't do anything. So he now has a webcam to like chronicle his his confinement. His uh, oh. website begs for attention from Nintendo and calls and calling out Nintendo of America's president uh, Reggie Fillamay by name. 
Yeah, that's going to work. <laughs> He's apparently annoyed that Nintendo's gone 17 weeks without responding to a request for a development kit, and he decided to start this, like, you know, during Christmas. Guess what? They're probably not there. This um, story actually came from Steven Totillo of the MTV Multiplayer blog, mm-hmm. and he apparently sent in feelers into, like, you know, the Nintendo pr- proper to try and get some information, and normally he can usually get some sort of response, mm-hmm. but apparently, apparently this time he did not. So he's kind of assuming that everyone at Nintendo is on a vacation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whoops, sorry about that, uh, Robert. It looks like you're going to go ahead further on without any response, locking yourself away in the room, and probably forsaking the 3D realm for the 2D realm. Have fun with that. Well, so is the camera on him every moment? I don't know. I've never checked the website. <laughs> I don't want to give him any attention he deserves. Even though we're talking about it on our podcast and probably a link to his website. Whatever, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder if the game's any good. I mean, at first, it's an RPG, and that piked my interest until I heard the name of it, and that was kind of lame. But, well, you yeah. know, his name's Robert. Bob's kind of, isn't that a short for Robert? Yeah. Yeah, but that means the game's about him. Well, maybe it's just a working title. We can only hope. I hope it's like something like Super Tetra Mega Fucking Awesome Game 3. Who knows? Who knows? Not a three. And this just in, as I unfold my paper that I print out this morning, because, there we go, to your nice crack. Funimation has freaking, like, um, did, like, ten announces for um, stuff that they've licensed of anime, and they finished off with, they've now licensed Evangelion 1.0, You Are Not Alone, which is the uh, remake of the film. Which is kind of weird because, you know, our, our last promo that we recorded a bit to actually release, you know, questions whether or not AV will be able to put out, out yet another Ava box set. <laughs> and here's Funimation getting the movie. Oh, ADV, are, are you dead? Ugh. No, I think they're fine. I just don't think they had the money to probably just license this movie. Mm-hmm. Which probably means they can afford to release another box set of the TV show. Probably when the movie comes out and go, hey... This is what started it all, yeah. Don't worry, the live-action one's being worked on, too. Sure. Oh. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I'm a huge Ava fan, and I will buy the shit out of that movie and probably anything that has the word Ava on it that ever gets released here, and that's how pathetic I am. Let's move on. Ava, gay butt sex poker. Okay, maybe not that. They also... I bet it's in there. But, um... I mean, Gynex does a lot of weird games. Yeah. <laughs> and they also did uh, announce a bunch of other stuff. Some of it was actually, um... Stuff that was getting on, but they um, originally not say they were publishing, but now they are. Stuff like Ikitosin, whatever. Gadguard, I don't know. Yeah. Vandred, one of the better Gonzo works. Yeah. Last Exile, yeah, another one of the better Gonzo works. Once again, if they're making it up from scratch, not bad. Ketsuo, the Count of Monte Cristo, yet again. Gonzo. I guess they got they picked all the decent Gonzo things. Yeah. So, so what is this that, what are you listing again? Things that Stuff are... that Funimation now has that Ginyon had. Ah. As well as Gungrave Samurai, and Samurai Champloo. They've also done some other new ones, like Naburi no O. They've uh, licensed O Edo Rocket, which is kind of crazy. Slayer's Revolution slash Slayer's Evolution dash R. Uh, yeah. Which we had heard, you know, rumblings that they were going to grab it anyways, so. Mm-hmm. Since they have all the other Slayers. Um, and Soul Eater. Holy shit. They've got Boy. Soul Eater now. Soul they Eater have... is the best thing since unsliced bread. Which... They ever admit they got Romeo X Juliet, or are they still just 
telling people to stop subbing it. I think they're still just telling people not subbing it, but I could be wrong. I haven't actually looked that up yet. I don't know. I just wrote, yeah. Remind me later, and I'll try to look it up and mention it next podcast. Yeah. Can I ask you a question about Soul Eater? Because I hear different things about this. Okay. I thought that it was determined that Krona was a girl. And then I hear that even the fan subbers don't know, and that they're just guessing that it's a girl. I don't know. I've watched several fan subs of this show. Mm-hmm. And each fan sub has a different opinion. Man, I want Crona to be a girl for use, for reasons that have to do with Yuri. Well, that's that's very uh, disturbing of you, Lee, but... I agree I have, with Lee. <laughs> man, I'm in, a, I'm in a lesbo sandwich and it's all guys. That's... Yeah. You, you're making but, me sound bad. Whatever, that's okay. I mean, considering that our topic of tonight's conversation is... We thought it'd be, you know, we thought, you know, Bubblegum Crisis just wasn't yet enough talking about anime from sort of back in the day. Not really back in the day, but, you know, kind of like right behind your back day. I would call Ghost in the Shell, like, right at the end of back in the day. Because yeah. that's when it became back in the stuff I don't like because I'm getting old and set in my ways. So there you get. Well, okay, I was going to sort of, you know, allude to, you know... Stuff of whether or not the robots or reality or all that sort of crap. So obviously up to Ghost of the Shell. But yeah, we're talking about the original Ghost in the Shell. Now, you know, the original story by Matsubo Nishiro, adapted by Mario Oshi, and oh, my animated Mario. by Production IG. And you probably have all already seen this movie, but who cares? We're going to talk about it anyways. If you haven't seen it, what the fuck? That's <laughs> okay, because we're going to... If you haven't seen it, you have probably, if you're the newer generation of anime fans, have seen Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex, or Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex Second Gig, which are, you know, more thorough in, you know, adaptations of the same thing, so. Well, or Ghost in the Shell, in a sense. But regardless, we're talking about Ghost in the Shell. Togusa was not a monkey. No, he totally was a monkey. He was right. not a fucking monkey. No, he was a basset hound. Oh yeah, ba- he was. He was totally. He was the basset hound. He's the basset hound. Now the movie makes sense. I can't have any sort of intellectual conversation with you people. Whatever. It's just a shell like it's intelligent. <laughs> well, it's got a whole thick, you know, Wikipedia thing on its philosophical elements. It's just a entry of lots of big words. Anyways. <laughs> Ghost in the Shell. It was originally a manga done by Masamu uh, Nishiro. You know, it already plays to his strengths. You know, high technology, cyborgs, robots. Big tits. Big tits, guns, you know, intricately detailed you know, explosions. Random philosophy. Robots, 
tank robots. I worked the Fujikobas in there, Kevin. I don't know. I miss them. Mamoru Oshii doesn't like robots. <laughs> Never mind, he did both Pat Labor movies. There are only two Pat Labor movies. Doesn't the second one not feature that much in the way of robots? No, it doesn't really. Well, there you go. Neither does the first one, for that matter. But what there is is awesome. <laughs> and Mamoru Oshii is another guy who likes to do lots of really introspective, lots of talky movies. Very deeply talking, lots of philosophy. Requisite one inserted Bible verse. And occasionally shots of his dog. Which happens to be a basset hound. And and so, by giving us this action-packed Talking Hits movie, they of course had it, you know, animated by one of the best animation house in the land, Production IG. Yeah. And voila, we have Ghost in this gel. It's, uh... I don't know, it's like... It's a very iconic piece of anime. It really is. It is, it's one of the... In Akira, if you tend to ask us a regular guy, you know, what anime have you seen, and you're referring to movies, it's one of those. And it's the uh, the most likely anime to get that certain girl at Best Buy to like anime ever. <laughs> it's true, like me and Kevin were. No. Was it, no, it was me and Lee. Yep. Me and Lee, we were shopping and we were... Uh, I've been in Best Buy in years, I don't think. But we, were, we were just perusing you know, Best Buy, picking up random items, and we're, we're getting checked out. And I happened to buy... Um, this was a, a double pack of Neo Tokyo slash New Fist of the North Star for like 15 bucks. And I was like, man, how can I go wrong for 15 <laughs> bucks? <laughs> <laughs> and she looked at oh man, this stuff's great. I remember my... I used to hate anime. And then I saw Ghost in the Shell. And I was thinking, wait. Ghost in the Shell not only introduced a hot chick into anime. Furthermore, it's what you know made her like anime after she was hating it. I've never heard that before. It's pretty effing awesome. Ever. So, this podcast is dedicated to you. Best by clerk who I don't remember your name. You'll probably never hear this. Well, I gave her a business card. Oh, hey, she might so, be listening. Though know. she was hot. Uh, you know. Just... Speaking of hot, Major Kusanagi. <laughs> She's Woo! hot. She's the other. Uh, to tell her main character or astastic main character. <laughs> Depends yes. on what angle they're shooting her from. It's true. Although, you know, really, her ass is really best defined in, you know, standalone complex. Yeah, for true. real. They're like... Well, the movie goes a long way to making her... There's that realism bent that a lot of Memorial Oshi films get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With the character designs. that It kind of... Realist, realistic tweak to the normal big eyes Masamune Shiro style they're just a little bit more tweaked towards the real human shapes mm-hmm. now I guess we should really describe the basics of, of Ghost of the Shell just in general yeah we're kind of assuming everyone knows what the hell we're talking about but who knows first off there's, there's the original manga series and there's been two sets of anime adaptations the first set is the movies yes. which we're talking about the first one here and it also had a sequel known as Innocence and then there's a second, I guess, sort of continuity, which is the uh, Ghost in the Shell Sentinel Complex series. Yeah. Because, well, at the end of the first movie, Major, Major Kusanagi goes through some major changes. But 
she's just sort of there and awesome, you know, like she normally was the start of the film and standalone complex. Well, you could argue standalone complex takes place before the Yeah, film. I could have sworn that standalone complex was supposed to happen either before or in a timeline without the puppet master. Well, that's what I'm saying. It could be considered as an alternate reality. Yeah. And, uh, but it's, which is also good, but it's a two sets of TV shows. First gig and second gig. And of course they did, you know, anime, you know, compilation movies with extra footage and whatnot. Because it's what you do. And, you know, it was, I believe the, uh, the first story wasn't, wasn't the first, uh, Silent Complex, like, based off, like, a story from Mamoru or I'm was not, it Mazumi Shiro? I'm not sure. Uh, uh, it doesn't really matter. That We'll talk about those pretty later. Pretty much everything in Standalone Complex was an original storyline. Yeah. It's the, the original, the first Ghost in the Shell movie. It is actually based on the original Ghost in the Shell manga, minus all the little side plots. And in this story, it takes place in the future. The future, future. And, and like either a cyberpunk or post-cyberpunk or advanced cyberpunk or... It's the cyberpunk Masamune 2.0. Shiro post-apocalyptiverse, which I personally put this in the timeline. Um, I think this is before Tank Police and Appleseed. <laughs> if they're all really connected in one universe. But that's just kind of my pet theory. The future honestly isn't that different looking than our own. Just scaled up a few years. And the biggest advent of change is that, you know, the internet has grown much vaster, wider, and cybernetics is in full on. A lot of people yeah. have full cybernetic bodies. Maybe not lots of people, but they exist. Well, 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 it's a little, it's more common just to have your brain at least modified where you can, you know, access the internet. Yes. Yeah. Almost everyone, at least certainly in the part of the in the part of the world where we're at, which is Japan. And actually it's like Newport City, which is kind of a weird little fictional place in the Masvinashira verse. It's also where Dominion Tank Police is set, just that's further in the future. I could have sworn it was Japan though. It's very Japanese. Yeah. I mean it's I mean it's it might actually be in Japan. It's you know I get confused, and they may have even said it was in Japan. I'm just not sure it is in the manga. <laughs> but it, regardless, it, it does feel like a, definitely an Asian movie. Yes. Yeah, I mean this is anime, and there's lots of lots of lots of you know, not even sometimes not even like you know Japanese influenced architecture, but Chinese influence. Yeah. You know, strike that I was being stupid. Is in Japan, but yeah, never mind. Uh, <laughs> so there you go. And, you know, and then... I got no sleep. <laughs> and Major Kusanagi, as well as the team, is known as Section 9. I guess you could consider them sort of the troubleshooters, the sort of the special... In- well, yeah, they're government agents. They do a lot of investigation. They track down illegal hackers, terrorist organizations. They're pretty much who they call in when any of the other sections can't, can't you know, measure up to shit. So they're like, call in Section 9 to deal with this, you I'm know... I'm pretty phrase. sure somewhere they detail out what their official duties are, but they always seem to be dealing with, uh, like, domestic terrorism or illegal hacking. Or- yeah. Well, you need the badass of badassery. You call it Section 9. Yes. <laughs> and Section 9, of course, it is filled with tons of you know, really, really awesome individuals. Indeed. The first is Major Kusanagi. She's a, you know, a full replacement cyborg because her body was burned horribly when she was a little child. And, you know, 
they, in order to survive, they had to, you know, place, you know, what little chunks of brain matter she had left into a thing. And so she's lived her entire life in a cybernetic body, which means she's really, really damn good at using it. Mm-hmm. Whether she wanted to be or not is irrelevant. Yes. And then you have, you know, her, her always, you know, other heavy munitions expert, Bato. Bato is awesome. He's the little dude with the little... Little? He's like... He's huge. <laughs> little as in... I didn't mean to say little. It's like... Call, you, you, we could name him Tiny. Okay. The huge dude... I, didn't, I meant little as in... Like an affection... Never mind. Fuck that. He's huge. He's, he's big. He's the sidekick, sort of. And he likes big guns and big weapons and... And... You know what was weird? He was... He, in the movie, he was, you know... He was making fun of uh, Kusanagi for diving, even though there's no purpose since he's an android. Well, he still lifts weights, even though there's no purpose <laughs> to it. It's true. <laughs> yes, it's just... Although yeah. that's not brought up until, you know, the, mon- the manga are... It's in the manga. And, uh... And Sandalon Complex. Yeah. And then we also have Tokusa, the human one. The normal guy. Who has nothing be- nothing artificial besides the little implants in his brain that let him access the internet. And talk to other people as if by tell like tell you know it's like Skype but cool yeah <laughs> yep and uh, he loves his old revolver instead of using the newer stuff and he kicks ass with it even though people make fun of him for using an old weapon and he's like the good cop family man cool guy he's like the straight man yeah he's the, he's the one you know clean decent soul in the entire group. Yeah, he's also occasionally used as the I'm not sure what's going on here, can you explain it to me, guy? Exactly. Which you need one, even though Masume Shiro generally just says stuff and hope you figure it out by context. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> and there's Armaki, the leader. Oh, Armaki is a badass old man, even though he's not physically badass. He's just a brilliant... He's politically badass. He's oh, yeah. Intellectually badass. You know, he's the... He's their leader. He's the one who's constantly pulling the strings. He's like the ultimate section chief. Mm-hmm. He pushes the paper like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. That's right. He also and, knows everybody. But he that's <laughs> he's like, what if Basil grew up, <laughs> become an old Japanese an old, man? <laughs> old Japanese man. He'd, 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 uh, he'd know everybody. He'd like be the ultimate, you know, to uh, pardon the phrasing, puppet master. Thank you. I think. Sure. <laughs> and those are the main characters we usually get to deal with. We see some of the other members of Section 9, like uh, Saito. and They're there. I think everybody gets a cameo. Like Ishikawa's that hacker. Yeah, that kind ha- of a middle-aged guy with the, a beard. But... The sniper guy wasn't uh, featured in the movie. Not? Isn't that Saito? Yeah, Saito is the sniper. Because they, they mentioned him several times. They mentioned but him, but see yeah, him. I don't think they ever did see him. Poor Saito. He's awesome. And then there's Paz and... Boma, who don't, don't ever do anything, but they're there. One's a big bald guy, and the other one's some guy. Yeah, it's like you guys are probably really good specialist badass guys, but you're in with such other badasses yeah. that you're over. Oh, they're just so awesome. We never notice what they're doing because they've already already done it so perfectly. Also, this is a movie, so they don't have time to focus on every single character. Yeah, we can't have a little side story episode where you know random Joe hacker gets to have an adventure. It's true. And out of nowhere, they're having to deal with this crap where apparently some program wants to defect and they don't want to defect, but the guy who's helping defect is trying to get political asylum and yada yada, they blow up some heads. 
Yeah. And this wonderful montage where, for no apparent reason, Kusanagi, like, strips down and, because she has to be naked, he uses her thermal camouflage. Which yeah. is in, only in this movie. Yeah, she gets naked to turn invisible. <laughs> not in, not in, in uh, the original manga. And right. in, in the original manga, she only gets naked because she wants to. Well, maybe she wanted to get naked so she could turn invisible. I don't know. That's the major. I mean, she yeah. She doesn't have exactly have much in the way of shame. No, she doesn't. <laughs> She's an android. She don't care. She just do what she do. That's True. how she rolls. She does, in fact, stand around naked with absolutely no shame or even self-consciousness at least two or three Bato. times in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> She's just standing around naked and talking. And, and he's always putting his coat over her, like, eh, stop being naked. <laughs> yeah, poor Vato. It's obvious that he's got a thing for the major, but... It just never really works out. But, you know, that's, but it starts off one of the most iconic scenes of the movie. That's where, you know, she sort of is there, and then she zips down as they're about to interrogate him. And then she, you know, pops the, the dude that they need to have popped. His head explodes and his, bloody gory mess and then they shoot the windows and they look down they see her as she you know half naked as she then just dis- disappears while still you know free falling because mm-hmm. she's just awesome <laughs> and he knows also one of the first you know real instances of you know CG really being used in anime you know or animation especially in this way how they used it to you know to do the whole optic camouflage and yeah, by now yeah. it's it's you know it's sort of second hat especially you know when it's you know Metal Gear and Stuff started using it here everywhere. Yeah, it's. I have to say though, Ghost in the Shell was. That was one of the first things I ever noticed with a heavy use of like optic camouflage, kind of. You know, besides like Predator. <laughs> yeah, but. <laughs> and, you know, and so, they discover that this, apparently it's a whole setup thing, by this guy known as the Puppet Master, who's been, he's a puppet master because he's constantly diving into people's brains, and pretty much. Initiating programs in them to, to for them to act according to his will, not their own. And see, that's the problem. When everyone becomes cybernetic, then you can hack people's brains. And even though it's really freaking hard to do, this guy is apparently a genius at it. Or yeah. you know, it does so with ease. You know, yeah. he gets to the point where he you know is able to you know insert an entire backstory into this guy's brain, where he thinks he has a wife and kids, and yet he, he's just this been the single guy for eleven years. Man, makes the laughing man's ability to to hack people's memories into those little symbols seem not quite as awesome. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, yeah. I still salute you, laughing man. But that's that's another that's another way of time. But this is what really you know starts the whole big thing of what's what's real, what's reality. Is it all just the Matrix and and crap like that? And speaking of which, the Matrix. Took a lot of inspiration from this movie, and they've been honest about it. Obviously, well, yeah, you have all that. You have all those, you know, numbers scrolling across the screen yeah, during the, the opening. Ever present use of the color green. Uh, yeah. Also, they totally Matrix totally ripped off Megazone two three, and maybe we'll talk about that one day. But <laughs> but even if you like look at you know the look of the cityscape, because it's very 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 tall buildings, a lot of gray. You know, you could definitely you know it's. I don't want to quite say Blade Runner and its and its look, but it's well. There's there's always that there's that hint of that that creeps into anything that's cyberpunk future ever since Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. A little bit of Blade Runner always creeps in, just a bit. 
but you know, even then, it still has its own unique look. But it was a, it was a unique look that really you know, sort of you know, influenced the Matrix and its and its and look. Lots of other very, people, yeah. Although par- partially through those who people who saw the Matrix, so it's yet further diluted. But it's true. But you know, and also there was the scene where they're finding the giant tank near the end, and you know, it's it not only reminds me of a lot of the, one of the big fight scenes in the early end of the Matrix, it also reminds me of the big fight scenes near the end of Cowboy Bebop. Or actually, that's actually close. But, to the well, beginning. in the beginning, but you know, it's one of the first major fights between him and Vicious, where they're they're yeah. charging through the church cathedral thing and mm-hmm. and blowing shit up. But God, I love that scene. Then I realized that you know, Ghost of the Shell does it, but a little more realistic. And you, it's kind of interesting how you see you know. The tank blowing up column, and you see part of it blown up. Then it shoots it again. Then you really see it blown up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also liked how the tank would just sit there and wait for a shot, and not just totally spaz ammo everywhere for no reason. Yeah, it's true. And that's the Mamoru Oshii and uh, Masune Shiro kind of realism creep, where even though they both freely admit they do stories about things that are totally impossible, they like to try to make it as real as they can. Which it's is true. nice. And so, pretty much the story of the sh- of the movie is them trying to track down this puppet master guy. And as you know, they get through it all. You know, they they were discovered that there's a bigger conspiracy than even they thought there was, and and eventually they they have a showdown with the puppet master as well as other factions, and and stuff happens. Lots of stuff. And of course, we really can't go really into this stuff without really going to spoiler territory. So, as we've been doing lately, we're gonna. Say hey if you want to stop watching, stop listening now, and not spoil yourself. That's cool. It's easily obtainable. Several DVD editions have been put out lately. Did you know Robert? I mean uh, Ebert and whatever the other guy was back then gave it two thumbs up. Well, it's a good movie. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm surprised because they're they gave it. Yeah. You guys they're go mainstream. Yeah. You go. Got mainstream. You know. Pause and go find your. DVD and watch it, then come back. We'll wait. And now for a musical interlude. In case you haven't noticed yet, after watching this movie, it could sound really freaking complicated in its use of terms and terminology and philosophizing. There's big words in this anime. For example, In Ghost of the Shell, the word ghost is a colloquial slang for an individual's consciousness. In the manga's futuristic society, science has redefined the ghost as a thing that differentiates a human being from a biological robot. Regardless of how much biological material is replaced with electronic or mechanical substitutes, as long as individuals retain their ghost, they retain their humanity and individuality. The concept inside the ghost was borrowed by Masamune Shiro from an essay on structuralism. The ghost of the machine by Arthur Kostinger. The title of the ghost of the machine itself was originally used by an English philosopher, Gilbert Ryle, to mark the paradox of conventional Cartesian dualism and dualism in general. <laughs> okay, fuck that. It's about tits and guns. It's about tits and guns. No, no, there is stuff. Okay, here's in layman's terms. The ghost is the soul. All right, it's your 
consciousness. All right. Sometimes because your brain's not made up of electronic data, you know, some idiots can hack you, and that sucks. So you worry about whether you really are you, and if you have a brain, and where'd your soul go, and why do you have the spiraling? In other words, it's your normal feelings of self-doubt, but set in an electronic stage. Yeah, it's kind of Buddhist, but yeah. yeah. That's what we call cyberpunk. Yeah. And it's not, it probably should be understood, but yeah, actually hacking someone's ghost is really, really, really hard. It's true. Ghost dubbing or duplicating a ghost is a near impossible act in the Ghost in the Shell universe. Shut up, shut up, Lee, shut up, shut up, stop it. Take that away from you. But that was relevant to what we were talking about. I don't know where this... You know, I printed off this Wikipedia. Wikipedia has an entire frickin' section on the Ghost of Shell philosophy. That's because Wikipedia is awesome. You can read it yourself. I don't care. We'll probably link it, maybe. Ooh, reading. There's words. <laughs> Ugh. There's, like, birth and... Man, yeah. But, yeah, it's really deep, and especially the end of the movie... You know, you may roll your eyes and think it's pretentious or whatever. You may go, whoa, that's deep. Or you may do both, a little bit of one, a little bit of the other. And because this movie has a lot of overtones. And since we're in spoiler mode, the whole thing with the Puppet Master is, the Puppet Master is not a human. He was born of information. Yeah, he was a programmer that became self-aware, which means he's an AI but refuses to admit that he's an AI. He's, well, it's like he just says he's alive because he started... You know, browsing the internet on his own instead of you know, people telling him to. Uh, that's, that's, I think he found 4chan and it was all over. That possibly. I mean, Lord knows I feel like hitting myself and I'm, well, wait, no, he wants to get on with Makoto, which I guess is possible when you've, you know, perused 4chan. Yeah, because there's not enough porn of her. Oh, all right, of course. That's My bad. What do I think about Obviously. <laughs> But seriously. I chose you because there was only one good picture of you on 4chan and you're hot. That's exactly it. Well, maybe not exactly it. Hell, 4chan, I don't think it even existed when this movie was well, made. No, well, no, it didn't. It was, it's more like I think he would... Well, if you think about it, it's 4chan... The, well, this is set in the future, therefore 4chan <laughs> would exist in the future. So, be like... 4chanthefuture.org or something. I don't so know. So you're saying Monsune Shiro successfully predicted the existence of 4chan before it was created. Yes. Yes. The man's awesome, so I can believe that. By the way, in case you don't get our rampant sarcasm, no, 4chan has no bearing on the movie. 4chan doesn't actually exist. There is no 4chan.org. Do not put that in your browser. <laughs> it's true. Or something. I don't know. We're talking about Ghost in the Shell now, so that's what we're talking about. Yes. And it is a really, really fun movie, it, but it does get kind of, you know, highfalutin. And, and man, you know, Innocence is pretty much just Tokus and Pauto just driving around philosophizing the entire time. Well, it's Masune Shiro, which involves a lot of talking. Do it, and it's in the Mamoru Oshii movie, which also involves a lot of talking and occasionally poignant pauses and sweeps of scenery while. It's true. People look meaningfully at each other or inanimate objects or basset hounds. That's right. Because he loves his, his basset hound and puts it in everything. That basset hound like, shows up like five or six times in the movie. Easy. It's true. Sometimes it's billboards or electronic like pictures. Or... Pictures, backgrounds, old men who are possibly Mamoru Oshii walking them across bridges. As they look mournfully out into, you know, 
with her big old, well, puppy dog eyes, yes. trying to stare into your soul as it pans away. Yes. It's a good thing we waited until spoiler territory. Yeah, because that Basset Hound is the real focus of the story. It's true. It's not true. Shut up. You're confusing like me. Like the little the Shiba Inu at the end of Silent Hill. It, the, the Basset Hound runs everything. That's a different kind of spoiler. Sorry. So what you don't understand is that Mamori, not Mamori, Shimasu Nishiro actually is a Basset Hound. He's actually, in a, he's actually a cybernetic shell himself, but with a mind of a Basset Hound. Oh. Well, that's quite possible since he is kind of a man of mystery. <laughs> or it could be like a mecha, like where he's actually controlling like an android body that's actually inside a puppy dog. Could be. You know, moving stuff around. That's what I think. And the puppy dog just happens to have a you know, preoccupation with, you know, TNA. Yeah. His main characters. Well, okay, yeah. I mean, you give me a show that you worked on that, that, that didn't. Yeah, I'm going to blank, and in fact, he's done at least a couple things that are pretty much flat-out porn, although not really for mainstream consumption. But uh, Ice Shield wasn't TNA. He didn't do Ice Shield. <laughs> no. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I'm just saying it's not TNA. But generally, the TNA is secondary to the story. It's true. It's 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 just to you know, have pretty props for all the talking, and, yes. and, and interspersed with all the talking, really, really cool action. Man, he I likes hot women, and he likes hot women who can kick ass. <laughs> which I, which I, that's cool. Yeah, that's right, Lee. It's very that cool. That is cool. I mean, when you see, when you hear, anime is action, adventure, sci-fi. They're afraid to go into the shell. Yep, indeed. Even though, you know, Manga Entertainment's the one that owns the license to it and not ADV. But. Well, it's manga entertainment for the movie, at least. The, I believe... I'm pretty sure that Getsek actually was a um, a collaboration between with... Between manga and Bandai? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I think get, they managed to get the same English dub voice actors, although that doesn't really matter to me personally. No, the majors was different. Uh, well, that's... Yeah, I don't know. I never really... I watched. think what happened was, was they got the... Um, uh, Go, uh, get Sack or Standalone Complex and Innocence all features the same cast. Ah. And, well, sort of. Apparently what happened with Innocence is in America we never got a dub track. Huh. But they got, they uh, when it was licensed in Europe it got a dub track and they actually got all the Amer- original American voice actors to, to <laughs> re-dub it. That's weird. And then they re-released Innocence in America with a brand new cast. The not crap? The, not, not the... <laughs> That's fucked up. Yeah, I was actually listening to an AWA like interview with the guy who does, I think, Bato. He's Bato Toksa, and he was saying how all this worked out. And Wait, so, if, if he did the guy who was Toksa, that'd be Crispin Freeman, who is like my favorite anime. No, it wasn't. It was it was Bato. I love you, Crispin Freeman. Like you're the best. The guy who was doing Bato is really awesome too. So yeah, he yeah, is. he's awesome. He's also random schmuck and Overman King Gainer, but he's still the funniest character in it. He he plays a lot of great roles, and I just am blanking on what they are now because I haven't watched English dubs in a while. And but also, you know, the Japanese also really got really good voice actors for it. Yes, I'm pretty sure is it Bato also Solid Snake in uh, one of their games in Japan. I don't know. I don't know who the, I thought David Hayter was still the voice of Snake even yeah, in Japan. Yeah, I thought uh, in Japan they still had the English voice. No, no, no. They have Japanese voices. Really? Yeah. He might be. It's the same guy who does Gold in Macross Plus, and if we'd had half a brain, we would have gotten this written down before we started. 
But I can't remember that guy's name. <laughs> and Soja Cowboy, oddly enough, worked on Ghost of the Shell. Some mecha designs, which there's a little bit. I'm hoping the I'm hoping the giant robot spider tank was him, but I'm not positive. And, you know, Yoko Kato helped work on the you know, the opening uh the opening song. Both yeah, the lyrics and I can stuff. find nothing in the credits to confirm that, but sure, let's say that. Look, it's what Wikipedia tells me. And it also tells me the lyrics of the song itself seems to reflect the union of Kusanagi and Project 2501, which takes place towards the end of the movie. Kijikwai originally wanted to use the Bulgarian folk singers, but was unable to find any, so he relied on the Japanese folk song choir he was used earlier in the Round of One Half anime. The song uses an ancient form of the Japanese language mixed with Bulgarian harmony and traditional Japanese notes. That makes perfect sense. Especially considering Mamoru Oshii made Avalon, which had a Polish cast, but was released in Japan. And you know, if you... It says right here, composition, Yoko, oh, Yoko Kano, vocal, Iraria Graziano, artist, Kenji Kawai. Well, that's awesome. That then manga entertainment sucks for not reflecting that in their credits. It also tells about how, like, you know, guys slipping into, like, you know, this chick's, like, you know, marriage chamber and... Marriage chamber? Yeah. Marriage chamber. What's a... What do you think a marriage chamber is, Lee? Yeah, he apparently stuck into the bedroom of a love interest in a constant proportional for marriage. You know, much as, you know, Project What's-His-Face Pump Master Dude, you know, proposed to merge with... I you know, would Kusami join with you. To and form its own being and produce the offspring to infect the internets. You are hot. I would date with you. I am the puppet master. Who yeah. sounds kind of like Sean Connery. Yes, he should have, but... The same can be said of all religions. I'll take what is a man for a thousand, Alex. <laughs> Which role do you prefer? Your work in, you know, uh, Castlevania or Helsing? Well, I uh, consider myself a versatile actor. Uh, so I found the dramatic challenge of Helsing. What, what the hell? <laughs> well, I'm a character actor. My actual favorite line was when I said, You're listening to a PlayStation Black Disc. <laughs> <laughs> That was fucking awesome. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. Put your PS1, if you... God, I hope you have one. Put it in CD player mode. Put in Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Press play. Do it. Does it say, like, skip track two because it's going to sound like great crap or... I forget. But it was... Yeah. Anyways. Back to the actual topic. So. <coughs> so. Ghost is in the shell. It's really got everything you ever could want. Spider tanks. The major. Bato. More of the major. More of the major. Crazy abstract you know, terminology and highfalutin concepts. Guns. Yo, guns. And you the know, major. Shooting bullets of information into your brain, making you change the way you think. And then explode. 
and explode, drastically changing the landscape of your thoughts such that you may think that perhaps what you thought was reality is in fact not reality at all. And that you're really a basset hound. That's right. So how many basset hounds out of awesome should we really give Ghost in the Shell? Um, six awesomes out of basset hound. Six hundred awesomes out of basset hound. Oh man, we're going for us pretty high numbers. Yeah. Okay, three hundred. I'll, I'll compromise. Well, this is an abstract six, and it really represents the infinity of basset hounds living within the number six. Oh, okay, that works. Yeah. Of awesome. Okay, now I'm confused, and you know I'm the one that came up with this idea. Well, that's Any- because you've been watching Ghost in the Shell. No, obviously. <laughs> We're thinking in phrases that sound meaningful, but are actually just relatively confusing, but may actually be meaningful if you find meaning in them. Do you? Let us know. Check us out at... Yo, leave us a comment in the comment section of the website, awesomecast.com. Or give us an email at awesomecast at gmail.com. Or you could also leave us a voicemail. On the awesome line! Tell us how much you like Basset Hounds. It's area code 206202 Zero zero seven one. Are we ever going to like play any of those voicemails we've gotten? Eh, maybe at some point. Maybe that could be a new feature. Yeah. We'll see. But anyways, Ghost in the Shell. Call us. Say something awesome. We may put you on the air one day. You can find many different DVD releases. I believe Manga did a you know the initial DVD release and a collector's edition. Then I think a platinum edition. Then another regular edition. There's lots of editions. And they're all pretty good. Just, you know, check out... A video store or the internet. Or Best Buy. <laughs> Just are you're going to find it. Now, the trick is, is apparently Japan they just released in theaters an HD remake or a, where they made some certain changes. And unfortunately, the changes were kind of crappy. They decided to randomly animate everything in 3D for select scenes. Or whenever they have helicopters, put in CG helicopters. Yeah. And then replaced all the green tint with like an orange tint to try to match it closer to standalone complex. Yeah. But it uses actually all the regular, you know, footage. So instead of looking like this gorgeous, you know, seamless, you know, composition of CG and actual animation like the original movie, it looks it, way out of place. It looks way out of place, and I would avoid it at all costs. The original is awesome, it is very visually stunning. It will make you think if you really want to think. Or you can watch, also, you know, watch, you know, as the major runs around and shoots things up, you, or Bato with the really, really this big ass gun. Indeed. Really, win, you know, win-win all around. And so, like we said, let us know what you thought. Two thousand nine, so party up, and we'll see you next week. And I'd like to close with my closing thought. Throughout the story, the cyborg characters being more or less brains and malfunctioning bodies. Oh, ow, my eye! God damn it, that hurts! Ow!
Awesome. Fuck you guys. Awesome. <laughs>